0: It is all his fault, and I love him for it.
1: Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a passion for animal conservation. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, and conservation organizations. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, anyone who can help me in my mission of connecting my people to animals through there, people. Join me on my Hello, 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 and welcome to a special, quick little bonus episode of the Raw Safari podcast. Now, for those of you who have been with me since the beginning, or who have gone back and looked at my, or I guess listened to my since their audio early episodes, uh, you may remember that my fourth episode was entitled Remembering Iggy. and it was all about Iji, the red panda who lived at Zoo Atlanta and had a huge impact on me. Well, today's episode is Remembering Yukiko, and look, y'all, I promise I'm not going to make an episode for every red panda that crosses the Rainbow Bridge, as the kids say, um, but, you know. Yukiko was special, and I wanted to share some of that with y'all. So for those who don't know, I'm going to start off by reading this announcement. Uh, Yukiko lived at Woodland Park Zoo, and uh, they posted this earlier today as I'm recording this, which is Wednesday, October 27th. We are heartbroken to announce that we said goodbye to our beloved red panda Yukiko today. At 16 years old, Yukiko lived well beyond the life expectancy of his species. Yukiko was humanely euthanized today after an examination to evaluate cardiac issues related to old age. The handsome red panda was born at Saitama Children's Zoo in Saitama, Japan, and lived at Red River Zoo in Fargo, North Dakota. He moved to Woodland Park Zoo in 2014 under the Red Panda Species Survival Plan Conservation Breeding Program and had 11 cubs, four at Woodland Park Zoo with Hazel, Tian and Zen in 2020, and Isla and Zaya in 2018. Lots of love to his very dedicated animal keepers and veterinary team who kept him young at heart for so long. We will miss you, Yukiko. Going a little deeper than the statement, it turns out that uh, Yukiko had severe heart disease and had been under close observation and treatment, and then decided to stop taking his prescribed medications, and his appetite had decreased. And so um, the zoo brought in a veterinary cardiologist to better define the condition, and unfortunately the definition that they came up with was heart failure due to advanced cardiomyopathy. And given the fact that this was going to severely compromise the rest of Yukiko's short life, the decision was made to humanely euthanize him. I am devastated at this loss, despite the fact that, as they mentioned, he lived to be 16, which is literally twice the life expectancy of a red panda in the wild and six years longer than that in captivity. I mean, Woodland Park Zoo is incredible. Now, those of you who have been listening know that season one ended with an interview with Jamie Delk, a keeper at Woodland Park Zoo, who was Yukiko's principal keeper for a long time, and actually let myself and my friend Megan meet Yukiko, which was the first time that Megan ever got to meet a red panda. So um, today I'm going to bring you a little tribute to Yukiko. It's going to start off with some quotes. From Jamie about Yukiko from that episode, but then it just so happens that Megan is on tour with me right now, and so we sat down and talked for just a couple minutes so that she could share the story of her time meeting Yukiko, and I have some thoughts about all of this, which I will uh, then add to the end of this. Um, so thanks for listening, and uh, I hope that uh, I hope that this this one you know inspires you and and makes you realize that if one little red panda who didn't even know it could have this impact, then imagine imagine the impact that you can have maybe without even realizing it. All right. Here is my stuff with Jamie from her interview about Yukiko. So
2: Yukiko came to us from North Dakota, Red river is that a zoo Red
1: river? yeah 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 <laughs> i haven't been to that that's, one but yes
2: um i believe that's the zoo he came to us from but originally yukiko came to us all the way from japan so his original name was take um which means bamboo and he has he's very pro- prolific breeder he has like well, now with our two latest, I think he has 11 or 12 cubs out there.
1: That's amazing. And that he was important amazing. because he came from Japan, so he was like yes. new genetics, right?
2: Yeah. And yes. Sarah Glass he's was like, genetic.
1: all right, boy, get to work.
2: She put him to work, and you know what? He's old, so he's he's... <laughs> 15 he's 16 he's he turned he got his driver's license this year
1: um (laughs) and he is the oldest panda i have met and i don't mean age-wise i have met the oldest panda in our country i just mean that yukiko is like a 200 year old wise man who is just so calm and so zen i've i've never experienced a panda like yukiko i feel like yukiko could teach me things
2: oh yeah we call him the Zen Master. Um,
1: that's hilarious because I didn't know that, but that's totally. Yeah. I mean, he is. Yeah,
2: yeah. Multiple and 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 I be, yeah multiple uh, people call him the Zen Master because <laughs> um, he is. He's the so we knew. Um, so before him, we had a red panda named Harold. This is the small world of red pandas. Harold <laughs> went to Cincinnati because his genetics were really important, and we had Stellar who. Uh, We were able to get her pregnant before she turned six, before she kind you know, their reproduction kind of shuts down at six if they don't have them. Uh, But her baby didn't survive. They needed some babies from uh, his genetics. They really wanted his genetics. Uh, So they send them to Cincinnati where they're masters at such things. And he bred with Lynn, and Lynn had Hazel and Harriet. And so in the full circle, Hazel came to us. And to breed with Yukiko. Uh, Yukiko came to us. And I remember the first time I saw him, I cried. um, Because Harold had like the clown, you know, the markings that kind of look like clowns. He was very handsome. And he had these really, and Yukiko had the angry samurai markings. You know, he just had like the angry eyebrows. And I just was like, you're not Harold. (laughs) Um, And he came down. And he sniffed me and he did his then master thing. And I, then I was like, I am your student. Um, No, he literally was so cool. We were putting up a, uh, a mesh in between the doors so that we could give visual access to, uh, it was stellar at the time. And we're drilling in the wall and he just comes and sits by us and looks like, what you doing? And, I mean, there's all this racket, and we just knew we were dealing with a totally different dude. He had seen things, and nothing phased him.
1: He's a cool <laughs> so guy. So true. He's the, he's the most, yeah, yeah. The reason that, I mean, you know, when we met them, Hazel, and we'll get to her in a second, but she's mm-hmm. like the star. But every time Megan and I talk about it, it's always mm-hmm. Yukiko. Yukiko is the one that like you just sit there and you're like, oh, you are changing my life actively right now. It's yeah. it's anyone listening to this who hasn't had this experience probably thinks we sound a little culty right now. Little nuts. But it yeah. is 100 percent the truth.
2: Mm-hmm. Come come to Seattle and meet Yuko, Yukiko if you're you're doubting me for a second. Um uh He was such a, red, a special Red Panda that we knew that we could do, you know, kind of meet and greets like we did with you. So we do, like, golden moments. We uh, we do a paid experience with them. But he was a perfect candidate. You know, he's an old guy. He's chill. Uh, he came to us, I think, at nine years old. And which uh, was just pretty old for a Red Panda uh, to begin with. But um, And uh, Yukiko is a little overweight and had some like arthritis problems because his age. So uh, we're very fortunate that we kind of partner with one of uh, animal kind of rehab, physical therapy, uh, laser therapy people, and our vet techs are trained in it as well. Um, But he was a perfect candidate to start kind of that program. And so we immediately started um, physical therapy along with – Laser therapy. Uh, pretty soon after he came, just to help increase his mobility, because we found out he was getting a one-year-old mate, uh, and at ten years old, we wanted him moving well enough for a one-year-old mate. <laughs> <laughs> and Fair that's enough. What's, yeah. Yeah. We no. Were that's, like, that's, oh. real. that's real. Yeah.
1: And fortunately, he did move well enough for that one-year-old female. And uh, as mentioned, he had four more cubs at Woodland Park Zoo. Um, and then, yeah, so that was the awesome uh, Jamie Delk sharing her kind of thoughts on Yukiko. And um, now here is my my friend Megan, who, who we talked about a little bit in there, and who uh, just – really got to have a cool experience and, and I think, I think this matters. So, uh, go ahead and listen to this. All right. So Megan, tell me, uh, tell me your experience with Yukiko.
0: I had a very magical and unexpected surprise experience with the amazing Yukiko. Uh, so we were in Seattle playing our, our little touring show. And I, I mean, John is Instagram famous, as we all know. And
1: uh, It's actually worth mentioning that at this time... You were not. I mean, I had like 3,000 followers, not nearly what I have now and no podcast. And I was just starting to do things, which I think makes it a little more magical.
0: That's true. Well, you had Carson the Red Panda following you, so that's really the only thing that mattered. Um, So the amazing wonderful woman carolyn um hooked us up with jamie carson's keeper and she you know we were trying not to be i think too excited too fangirly but we said hi to her while she was feeding carson and then she was like hey what are y'all doing at four o'clock later and we were really in our heads i think like oh we have to leave and go to the show but we were like uh nothing So we spent the rest of the day trying not to get our hopes up. Um, But Jamie really delivered, invited us back.
1: To be clear, we failed. We got our hopes up. We got our hopes very up. (laughs) We were dancing like little children for the rest of our time through the zoo. But yes, yes. So go ahead.
0: Yeah, so Jamie came through. She did not disappoint and took us back there to this magical little off-exhibit area. And there she opened this big wooden door and there was... Yukiko,
1: in all his handsome
0: old man glory.
1: And I'm correct in saying that you had never met a red panda before, right?
0: I had not. I you had
1: also not had any like kind of no. experience like this. Like, this was crazy to you, right?
0: Yeah, this was a great uh, gateway zoo <laughs> experience. <laughs> um, yeah, because I wasn't expecting it. I hadn't paid thousands of dollars for it. Um, and it was the first time that I was really, like, behind the scenes, like backstage at a zoo. So I kind of always thought like I wanted to be a keeper, go into conservation or something, but I was still kind of doing this theater thing. And, and then it's just like the moment I saw back there and saw like what it was like and, you know, all this hardware and mechanisms of like the doors and the shifts and everything, it, it kind of reminded me of backstage and it felt very much like home. Um, and I kind of knew that I was supposed to be there and that I was supposed to pursue this and then Jamie let us uh, Yukiko was my first little guy ever got to touch him feed him all that and he was just so handsome and gentle and it really was like looking into his little eyes like I could see my future and he kind of stirred something up in me and I just I knew I had to I had to do this so I kind of made that decision right there and two weeks later there was a pandemic and I was like all right Yukiko you told me to do this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, and here I am pursuing the zookeeper thing.
1: Yep, you signed up for Project Dragonfly. You have worked at a vet's office, at a wildlife rehab, and you interned at the San Antonio Zoo already, and continue to pursue it. Although you did get to take a little break to come out on tour with me right now, but uh, all of that stemmed from Yukiko, right?
0: Yep, it is all his fault. And I love him for it.
1: Love it. Thanks, Megan. And, you know, I think more than anything, that's what I've started to take away from this podcast and my experiences with animals, both on exhibit and behind the scenes. We've talked a lot on the pod about the definition of the term ambassador animal and what it means. But I, I think what it really means at the end of the day is an animal that reaches someone and changes their lives. You know, um when I met Mei Lin and I didn't meet her like behind the scenes, but when I first saw may Lin at the Philadelphia Zoo, um it made me fall in love with red pandas and then I went and I saw Iggy and fell even harder. And soon enough, I was madly in love with Red Pandas. And now I volunteer for Red Panda Network. And I say the phrase Red Panda in every episode of this stupid podcast, even the ones that don't have anything to do with Red Pandas. And I have stuffed Red Pandas and Red Panda shirts and Red Panda stickers. And, and you know, it's really impacted me. And I've written for Red Panda Network and raised thousands of dollars for them. And I'm a monthly donor and... Those couple pandas had such a huge impact, not only on my life, but on the lives of the, the red pandas and the people in Nepal that are, are benefiting from that money being raised. And, um, you know, that helped push me to do this podcast, which you all benefit from and which has had other amazing things happen. And these pandas don't know. May was just sitting there crunching her bamboo. And that's, uh, that's, that's how I fell in love with her. And you know even now I'm I'm a dad. I'm a touring musician. I'm a podcaster. I have a lot of things going on in my life right now. You know, I have family stuff. I have all kinds of things. And um in the last year or so one of my main focuses has been to really start to try to find balance in my life in a better way than I ever had before. Um It's important to me to be able to be chill and deal with things that matter, but also let things go that don't matter and know that I may not be there 100% of the time when Miles wants me to be or when I want to be at a zoo or, heck, I'm recording this and I did tomorrow's zoo news in a dressing room around a show and it can get kind of crazy. So I've been working on learning to stay calm and, and stay balanced um, better than I ever have. And a lot of times when I think about that, honestly, I think about Yukiko. And <laughs> that might sound crazy to some of you, but we already know I'm a, I'm a crazy fanda and that's okay. But I've honestly gotten to the point where when I do start to question if I'm balancing things okay or if I start to get stressed about something that maybe I shouldn't, I, I picture Yukiko or I go back to my pictures of Yukiko. There really was something special about him, and um, you know, it, it not only impacted Megan, it not only impacted Jamie, but it impacted me. And I think about him a lot. When I saw the news that he passed today, it it hit hard. I'm not gonna lie, but um, it, it's everything that I love. Though it's an animal that has had impacts on lives without realizing it, and uh, it's. It's the story of an animal that lived twice as long as it should have because it was taken care of so phenomenally by Woodland Park Zoo and by keepers like Jamie. My sincerest condolences to everyone at Woodland Park Zoo and everyone who was a Yukiko fan. And uh, But hey, maybe take something from this. Maybe remember that you two can just be crunching on your bamboo, literally or figuratively, you do you. And, uh, and have an impact on someone that you don't even realize you're having an impact on. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thanks for listening, friends. And remember, the phrase bonus credits backwards is Stiderk Sanab. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Vesley Gross. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari, or by email at Rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.